You're listening to The Remorseless Podcast. Hey guys, it's Beth Fisher. Welcome to episode number seven on this Christmassy, Christmassy day, depending on when you're listening, but this is the day that is being released. So let's hope that you are celebrating Christmas right now. And here's a scoop. I bet some of you may be expecting me to read from Isaiah, the Christmas story. While that is definitely important, you know what else is important this Christmas, especially at the end of 2020? learning how to deal with stress. I talk about in this episode the four things that Jesus did when he was a human on this earth, fully human, fully God, and what he did to tackle stress. So buckle up. That's where we're going. I hope you guys have some like cocoa, some flannel PJs, and a lot of listening ears. Okay, I'll talk to you guys soon. Let's roll. Thank you for joining me again today. And I want to first give a quick shout out to Life Network for Women. Thank you so much for allowing each of us the opportunity to come on here and to share things that are important to us, things from the heart, things that get us all to Jesus, however we get there. That's always my message to you. Um, I think you guys know that by now. I'm a big believer that it doesn't always look the same. In fact, it rarely looks the same. And I think we often all get off track when we try to fit who we are into somebody else's mold. It has been the, the most um, time suck wasted for me over the course of my own personal journey to, to do that over the years. I am uh, by admission, somebody who is a checklist kind of girl, at least I used to be, I'm getting better again as I continue on my own journey, but you know, always was trying to get 110% on every test when a hundred was the max, always trying to please people, always trying to get all the accolades, always trying to do more, be more, fit into those potential boxes and structures that somebody came up with to say, this is the right way to do it. And then I started to realize that those right ways were multiple ways. So it exhausted me. It stressed me out. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's where we're going today is this whole topic of stress, this whole topic of how to show up in your own story and be who you were created to be based on the way that you were made in the first place. And, and again, I, I use scripture to talk about that, you guys. But here's the thing. The way that I read it is not the way that you read it. The God that I was taught about growing up may or may not be the God that you were taught about growing up. And so for those of you who are joining today, who are new believers, who are questioning believers, who maybe don't believe at all, I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here because I want this to be a safe space of encouragement to say, I don't know. I can share with you what I do know. Um, then I can also certainly share with you that not everybody knows exactly the way either. So if you are a person that has been listening to one specific construct, one specific church, one specific person, parent, teacher, anybody else who is not you. Stop listening to those people in full. You can take that information in, you can process that information, you can discern that information, but you have to always weigh it against a baseline belief of what you know to be true. And so if you say to me, well, Beth, I don't know what's true. That's kind of why I'm here. Good, <laughs> good. We're going to learn together. 
we're going to share together and we're going to continue to say, you know what, these are universal truths about the human experience. We're all in this thing together, you guys. And this thing is hard work. It is no joke. This business of life, hard stuff comes at us all the time. And even when it's like smooth sailing, we still get in our own heads, don't we? We get in our own way a lot of the times. And we say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know why any of this matters. We start to forget who we are at our cores and instead try and fill whatever void it is that we're trying to fill with questions and frustrations and stressful things. We have enough stressful things in the world, you guys, to deal with. We don't need to add to our own stress, okay? I'm here today to share with you the things that I have learned that have been extremely helpful to me. Not when I was going through them, because most of the giant stressors of my life predated me understanding what scripture was about. I had a faith in God. I knew God existed. I didn't really know how to like tap into that though, or to have a really true and solid relationship with him. At least I didn't think that I knew that. I always felt like I was failing in my relationship with God because I, I didn't know what this book, the 66 books of scripture said. I only kind of knew that God existed. And let me tell you something in retrospect, as I went through a cancer diagnosis that I was not supposed to live through, as I went through two divorces, as I went through abandonment, as I went through horrible relationships and feeling completely alone, um, I realized I did have that relationship. We all do. We all have it. And all I did to get through those difficult times was to talk to God, to show up in whatever way that I knew. And that's enough. That's always enough. That's what I want to share with you. So God doesn't expect us to have it right. He doesn't expect us to, you know, be 12 years old, 14 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old. There is no age. Okay. God lives outside of space and time. So we're not on, you know, the timelines that we uh, impose upon each other. This is not a race. This is the, literally the journey. And this is a reminder that the thief on the cross as Jesus was hanging there right before all three of them died. He looks over at Jesus and says, wow, like, I get it. You are who you are. You are God. And Jesus goes, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Like, that was it, right? The guy for however many years before he was on the cross next to Jesus may have messed up. He did mess up. We all do. But he may not have understood the 66 books of scripture. He may not have understood anything, but he did understand in that moment, his dying breath, who Jesus was. It's all, that's all God wants is for us to know him. God made us to be with us. God made us to be with us in relationship. So one of the verses that I always carry with me is Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. You guys want to know why I know that scripture so well? My mom shared with me after I went through a bone marrow transplant that that is the only verse that she clung to. That is exactly the only thing that she clung to when I was clinging for my life was come to me, all you who are weary. My mother was weary, not knowing the outcome of her oldest daughter. She was weary with her own life. She was weary with other people who also needed her attention. And, you know, life doesn't stop when we have a tragedy, when there's an illness in our families, you guys, I'm sure have have known this yourselves or know people who have gone through this. 
a cancer diagnosis or any illness or anything that is not um, something that we saw coming doesn't just affect the person who's going through it. I was in a hospital for 35 days undergoing a transplant, but everybody else around me who was still living life was equally, if not more affected because they couldn't fix me. There's nothing that they could do. It was weighing on them every single day. So my mom said to me years later, do you know what got me through that time? And I of course said, God. She said, yes, but do you know what words? I said, no. She said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me, all you who are weary and I will give you rest. Specifically what it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest from your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of us right now have such incredibly heavy burdens every single day? This pandemic across our entire globe is heavy. It's a burden. It is something we never saw coming. It is something that we don't know how to get through, much like any other adversity in our life. But what, what Jesus says, these are Jesus's words, you guys. So again, for new believers, if you want to pick up scripture, you'll hear me always say, start where you're going to start. I'm not going to give you like a reading schedule, open it, read it, engage it. Jesus is the word. So again, be in relationship with Jesus. All the words in red, you guys are exactly the words that Jesus spoke. So these, these words came out of Jesus's mouth. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so, you know, this part here for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A yoke back in the day was like a yoke of oxen. So they were uh, bound to each other to make the collective load, whatever they were hauling, a lighter load, right? Two people to carry one thing is easier than than one person carrying. You guys ever try to like move a refrigerator or a, or a couch or whatever, something in your house and you're like, I can't, I can't lift this by myself. Many hands make for light work. What Jesus is saying is be tethered to me. Come to me, I'll give you rest. Like be in constant, constant relationship with me. That is exactly what the whole journey about learning to grow closer to Jesus entails. It's just like, doesn't have to be perfect. It's not gonna be perfect. We're not perfect. Our relationship with him is not perfect. Our relationship with each other are not perfect. I wanna also, you guys go to Psalm 32 and I'm gonna read it to you in one second and here's why. I am a big believer that the reason we are so afraid of God is because we are afraid of ourselves. We feel guilty for something that we've done in the past. We feel stuck. We feel heavy burdened. We don't go to Jesus to get rest and we just keep going and going and going. Whether it is 2020, whether it is the inception of social media, whether it is just all of this kind of craziness that exists in the world, that it just feels like it's constantly revving us up. And we say, I can't get through this. It's so heavy. And so we start to make choices that are probably not in our best interest. And then we move on from whatever it is that we chose to do. And then we look back and we feel guilty and we get stuck. There is nothing more stressful in life. Hear me when I say this, you guys, there's nothing more stressful in life than walking around every single day and not liking who you are for saying, I can't get through this. I, I hate me. I'm mad at me. I don't like what I did. That's, 
that's the burden that Jesus came to save us from, right? He saves us from ourselves, right? Here's what Psalm 32 reminds us. Okay, so this is King David. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. The man whose sin the Lord doesn't count against him. I'm going to keep reading in a second, but let me just have a time out here. I'm a scorekeeper, right? I am a girl, you guys probably know this, that played sports her whole life. I like to win. I mean, I'll play Scrabble, whatever, whatever there's a game and a score, I'm in. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. God is not a scorekeeping God. He is not like, okay, if you live this many years and you only have this many sins, then you're in. There's, there's no mathematical formula, you guys. There, there is nothing that we have to adhere to. Okay, so I want to share that with you right now. If you are feel like walking around feeling guilty, like I did this thing in the past and I can't outrun this thing, it doesn't matter. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. We're all that man, all that woman, all that human, right? We're all blessed. And in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long, through my guilt all day long, through my lament, my torture, my negative self-talk all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer, I was exhausted. This is what is being said here in Psalm 32. Then I acknowledge my sin to you, God. Then I finally said, I can't take this on anymore. I am weary. I need some rest here. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I didn't run from my shame, my guilt anymore. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you instantly forgave the guilt of my sin. Let me repeat that last part. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you instantly forgave the guilt of my sin, not just the sin. God didn't just forgive the sin, the guilt of my sin. That's like the best gift of all. Somebody can forgive you for bad behavior. Let's say you get in a fight with your significant other, or you are mean to your kid, or you just, um, I don't know, flip somebody off when you're driving down the street, pick a thing that you do, right? That you instantly then, the person that you offended says, it's okay. It's okay. I know you're having a bad day. I forgive you. Right? You, you say you're sorry. The sin, the offense, the thing you did is forgiven, but aren't you still feeling kind of badly about it? Most of us do. Right here, the good news, Psalm 32. And you instantly forgave the guilt of my sin. You guys, I'm here to tell you right now, no matter what, no matter what is going on in your life, you can get through it and overcome it because it's forgiven. Hey, the thing is forgiven, but so are you as a, a fully whole human. And the guilt, the heaviness, the burden that you're carrying around with you, it's gone. It, it is no more. So if it remains, that that's you, that's you in your head. And basically Jesus said, give it to me. I'm going to give you rest. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. My peace unto you, I give, right? So we all have that peace within us. It's just a matter of like, what are we going to do with it? So there are four things, four things that Jesus did when he was on earth, fully human, right? Still fully God and fully human. I know it's kind of a hard concept. Jesus came to the earth to show us 
how to live, to show us how to get through tough times, to show us how to be in relationship, to show us how to care for the marginalized, to share, to share with us how to say, hmm, yeah, I know there are rules here, but it doesn't matter. What matters is how we treat one another. It matters how we love God and love our neighbors. And the rest of the rules are kind of there to sort of keep us like in line. And if we follow them, then we're probably going to have an easier life. But you know what? All that stuff goes right out the window when life gets hard. And honestly, it goes right out the window when life is easy, but somebody's suffering. If somebody is suffering, our job is to show up and lighten their loads. Our job as a human being, as believers in Christ, as somebody who even might just have sinned five minutes before, but then all of a sudden, you know, you might have <laughs> flipped somebody off in the grocery store parking lot, but then you see somebody who can't afford groceries. Doesn't mean that because you are human and have sinned, that you are stuck and you can't go out and do something for somebody else. You guys, if we stayed stuck in sin and guilt and unforgiveness, we would be of no fully use, like no full purpose would we have any longer. And that's not the story. The story is, hey, God sent Jesus to absolve us of our sins so that we can say, you forgave the guilt of my sin so we can keep moving forward. So we can keep helping people on their journeys and ultimately help ourselves as we do that, help ourselves become more fully the people that God made us to be, help ourselves become more fully like Jesus, right? Closer to God. So if we're always in relationship and we're always just saying, please forgive me, please forgive me. And we mean it, it's, it's done. Like it is literally forgiven. So when Jesus was on earth, fully human, there were four very clear things that he did to also deal with the heaviness of life, the heaviness of being human the stress of being human. Four things that Jesus did, and I'm going to point these out to you. The very first thing, I'm going to go to scripture to show you where I'm reading from. The first thing that Jesus did is he trusted himself and everything to God. It's in 1 Peter 2.23. So, okay, Peter, a couple books in the back. Um, he, Jesus trusted everything to himself and to God. Like he just said, I'm going to give everything to God. It's in 1 Peter 2.23 which is close to where I'm getting. One second. First Peter 2.23. Got it. When they hurled their insults at him, at Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So when you are going through something in life and somebody has offended you and you just say, I, I want to retaliate. Like I, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I want to really put this person in their place. I'm just going to, boy, I'm going to have some retribution here. I'm going to get back at that person. It's the worst thing we can do. It never in the end makes us feel better. I lived that way for a lot of years. I would retaliate mostly with my words and I would put people in their place to try and assuage the, the hurt, the feelings, um, the inadequacy that I felt. I would just try and like sling insults their way. We see right here. Okay. That's not what Jesus did when they hurled insults at him. Okay. You guys, when people are talking badly about you or you're thinking badly about yourself, like people came at Jesus all the time. Why was Jesus stressed? You might ask Oh. Sorry, I might have skipped that part. Like if you were wondering, really, when Jesus was on earth, if he was God, 
what was he so stressed out about? Okay, really? People try to kill him all the time, right? Judas and Peter and his friends were like, I don't even know this guy. 30 pieces of silver. Like, Jews was like, yeah, take the money and like, go ahead and kill him. I mean, like if, you know, if he didn't have anything to be stressed about, then I don't know who did. So yeah, he felt stress while he walked the earth every single day on his way to die. So he did not retaliate. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So the very first thing that Jesus did to deal with stress is he said, I just trust myself. Again, I go back to all of the guilt and the stress and the pressure that we feel when we are trying to live according to somebody else's ways. If a church tries to tell you these are the rules, if your parents try to tell you this is exactly what you have to do, should you have respect? Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying disregard everybody, okay? I'm, please hear me when I say that. I'm a very um, big entruster of hierarchical structure. I really am. I am respectful of my elders. I am respectful of organizations. You know, I, I have a boss. People have bosses. Like, we are in roles in our lives with people who have gone before us and who actually have authority over us. So I'm not saying disregard, but what I am saying is trust yourself. Jesus trusted himself and God above everything else to get through the stress. So if somebody says you've got to like do all these reports and you've got to clean your room and whatever it is that somebody is basically telling you to do that you don't want to do, you need to trust yourself to be able to get through it. That's what Jesus did. He trusted himself. He ignored right? The insults that were being hurled at him. He ignored all the negative self-talk that he could have allowed to seep in. And he could have believed those things, but he didn't. He trusted exactly who he was. He knew who he was. He knew what his whole mission was. He came here to save us. So he trusted that and he ignored, shut out the noise, basically is what he did. So the second thing he did is he prayed. The second thing that Jesus did to get through stress is he just prayed, right? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He he got away from people. Also, I you guys know I'm a big extrovert, but I need to get away from people sometimes. That's not because I don't love people. That is because I need alone time with God. I need alone time with myself, with my thoughts, with my being and my soul to like rest and recover from the exhaustion of people, quite honestly. I mean, right? We kind of wear each other out, which again, goes back to Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, go to God, come to me, all you who are weary and I'll give you rest. You guys have people in your life that just like wipe you out. <laughs> I think we all do, right? We all do. That's okay. Doesn't mean don't love them. It just means know your limits and like roll. You got to go. The garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus often went and he prayed. And here's the thing is when you guys start to get into scripture more and you read about the last days of Jesus on earth, before he rode in, you know, to Jerusalem and just the whole thing before Jesus died on the cross for us, hung on a cross for six hours, just under six hours. He knew this time was coming. He knew it. And he was suffering. That's heavy. Think about that. Think about if you knew you were going to die. I mean, I can tell you guys that firsthand. I had to walk into a hospital and not know if I was going to walk out. It was heavy. I had anxiety off the charts. My baby girl, who is now almost 24 years old, was not even quite two. She was still potty training. She was still in diapers. She, oof, I'm gonna start crying. She still said mama, you know, and um, 
doctors told me she's not going to recognize you like as you lose your hair from chemotherapy and um, just a, a whole heaviness as I walk through the doors of a hospital, not knowing if I was going to die. Jesus rode into town, into Jerusalem. He knew there was no maybe. Was he going to hang on a cross and brutally die for us? He, he was going to. He knew that. So he had to get away. And he went and he prayed. And he, and he asked people, like, pray with me. You know, he asked the disciples, come with me. They fell asleep. There are people in our life who are our people. Bring them alongside, right? But first and foremost, go to God. Get away. Get away from the noise and pray and be with God. And then bring alongside people who, who will pray right there with you and say, I know you're suffering. I know what you're going through is hard. I know that you may not know God. I know that you may not have a job. I know that you may not know what to do next in your life. I know that you are in your early 20s and say, oh my goodness, I don't know, should I get married or uh, should I leave the house? Should I go to college? Like all of these really heavy choices are legitimate, right? We all have those questions, but get away from people and just hear yourself. Be in relationship with God. I'm not saying you have to have the 66 books open and you have to study. Whatever connects you to him, her, it, she, him, the greater being who created you. Do that. For me, it's writing. I used to write my prayers out. I used to just, just write and not always grammatically soundly and certainly not always um, completely softly, right? I, I used to use some pretty harsh words at God because I was angry and hurting inside. He can take it, you guys. So however you want to be there in relationship with God to pray, do it. He'd much rather you show up than not. The third thing, the third thing that Jesus did to get through stress when he was walking the earth as a human was he shut up. Jesus got quiet. Okay, he, did, he wasn't always talking. Jesus is God. He knows everything there is to know about everything, right? He could have said all of the words. Do people always hear what you say to them when all you keep doing is talking at them, talking down to them, spewing words at them? It's not relationship. Relationship is I'm going to say something and I'm going to care enough about you to listen to what you have to say to me. And it is a conversation. It's not just one person constantly telling you what to do, what to think, how to be, like just being disrespectful because... When somebody does that, you don't have a voice, right? You have nothing more to say because they don't let you say it. The third thing that Jesus did is he knew when to be quiet. I'm going to go to John 14, 30, and I'm going to read this to you. And this is a prime example of when Jesus knew to be quiet. I will not speak with you much longer. For the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me. But the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. I will not speak with you much longer, Jesus said. I have a favorite quote. I have a lot of favorite quotes, but one of them is, um, I think Mark Twain, who said, never argue with a fool because onlookers might not be able to tell the difference. Don't argue with a fool because people who see you arguing with somebody, they don't like really think that you're being very smart in that moment, right? If somebody comes at me and says, you are a mean, horrible, terrible person who doesn't love your daughter, as an example. I know none of that is true. I know enough about me to trust myself, to know that whatever somebody decides to say <laughs> doesn't even require any words in response. Jesus knew who he was. You know who you are too. 
and I certainly know who I am. Finally, after all of this hard work that I'm hoping that these are helping you to understand as well, right? When you finally lean into who you are, like nobody can hurt you anymore. When you accept who you are, that's enough. Because if you believe that God made you with purpose and love and mattering and meaning, you're good. Nobody can hurt you. And so it doesn't mean you're not going to be hurt in life. It doesn't mean you're not going to feel emotions and feel sadness and all those things. But it means that you will never, ever carry around that level of stress again, wondering if you're enough. Okay, so Jesus said, I will not speak with you much longer. Never argue with a fool because onlookers might not be able to tell the difference. Jesus is like, I'm not even going to bother telling you guys this right now because I know who I am. It's, it's kind of like not worth my time. Jesus obviously loved everybody, loves, plural, and loved past, unconditionally. So it wasn't a matter of Jesus not thinking that person was worth it. I mean, he died for that person like he did you and me. So, I mean, clearly the person was worth it. But he's like, I know enough to be quiet. That's how he was dealing with his stress on the way to the cross. Another example, if I go back to Matthew, is in 27, 12. Matthew 27, 12 says this, when Jesus is before Pilate, and he said, this is what Matthew 27, 12 says. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. He gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. You know, we can use all kinds of analogies, but I'm just imagining, I don't know, Somebody comes here to the house, the police, they haul me off to jail. I have to stand in front of somebody in a courtroom and somebody says, hey, um, you did this thing that I clearly knew I didn't do. I, I wouldn't, at some point, you just get tired. I wouldn't defend myself. At some point, you just go, these people have it in their minds that whatever they think is happening is true. They know their truth. They're not going to change their mind no matter what I say, no matter what I do. You guys, we don't have the power to change people. We don't. We don't have the power to make somebody happy. We don't have the power to use our words in a way that's going to change what they're thinking. We can, over time and in relationship, build trust and, and tear down walls and tear down things that basically somebody else has been hurt by. And we can say, you know, I do love you. I'm here for you. And we can keep showing up in relationship with those people. And over time, they might start to really believe it. But if in this case, like Pilate, somebody is so angry at you and is slinging false accusations at you, you can be quiet. You should be quiet. Because no matter what you're going to say in that moment, that person is just like, you know, in a different space than you are. A long time ago, I had somebody else in my life who through a different relationship was just kind of part of my life. And no matter what I did, this person kept coming at me and coming at me. And oftentimes I didn't do anything. I would just be in my kitchen and making dinner and I would have a text message or the phone would ring or a nasty voicemail. And obviously I blocked this person, but it made me realize no response is a response. Prior to that, when I would try to, I guess, defend myself or have a rational conversation, it, it didn't change that person's behavior. I'm sure there are people like that in your life, you guys. You have to get to the point where you know and you believe and you accept who you are so that when things like that happen and people in the world come at you, no response is a response. Know when to be quiet. Jesus knew. He knew. That's how he dealt with stress. People can stress us out. People's accusations 
can stress us out. Wrong labels, assumptions, expectations, all the things that people think about us can be stressful. But if you know who you are, that stress goes immediately away. And when you don't say anything, and not only kind of just solves the problem, case in point, but also quiets your soul as well. So Jesus knew that. That's the third thing that he did. And the fourth thing that Jesus did to deal with stress when he walked on this earth was he forgave. Jesus forgave all the time, quickly. So we're going to do more studies on forgiveness because it is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves. When we forgive somebody uh, in full, that is what helps us move forward. We can say that we forgive somebody, but we can hold on to anger and resentment and those feelings. And that also stops us and prohibits us from moving forward in our journeys and on our mission and to honestly become more fully who we were created to be. So if you're hanging on to any unforgiveness, that's one of the quickest ways to start to alleviate stress in your own life is to just get rid of it. Just truly, truly forgive. It's a process. It takes time. But Jesus did that. He forgave people who came at him and he even forgave people who killed him. So the last thing I want to leave you guys with is there is a difference between, um, you know, asking God for an act, like a miracle. A lot of times people want a miracle and saying, show me your ways. This is why I am so um, just completely passionate about not only knowing who you are, but being in a relationship with God. So the Israelites saw the acts of God, right? They saw what God was doing, but Moses was taught God's ways. There's a difference. And one of the greatest prayers you guys can say is, oh God, teach me your ways. You can see things in life, but if you learn how to deal with them yourself, then you'll be able to get through anything. You can watch things like from the sidelines. You can watch things go on and you can believe those things, but you don't really believe them for yourself. You don't believe that you're capable of doing those acts that you can see. So again, the, one of the greatest prayers is, oh God, show me, teach me your ways. That's why Jesus was here, you guys. He was here. So if you were in relationship with Jesus, you will learn more and more about him and, and how he was when he was on earth. I mean, read scripture. Again, I'm not giving you a prescribed, here's the schedule. I'm saying go in there, read, start with the red. If you guys don't know where to go, go to the New Testament and read all the red words. Those are the words that Jesus said himself right? You guys are, I think, probably learning a little more about me and my words, just hearing me speak, read the words that Jesus said. So I hope this is an encouragement to you to keep showing up on your journeys, to keep being exactly who God created you to be, to live remorselessly, which means without guilt, in spite of wrongdoing. Go back to the Psalm, read where it says, God not only forgives the sin, but forgives the guilt that goes along with the sin. So you guys, Keep showing up, keep being remorseless, keep being exactly who God created you to be in relationship with him every single day and know that you are loved, you matter, you have worth, and you are exactly where you are supposed to be on this journey of life. So until we talk next time, you guys, peace. <laughs>